Today on the Multiply Podcast, we're talking about setting goals in 2021. Check it out. Hey everybody, welcome to the Multiply Podcast. My name is Jared. My name is David. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. See you 2020. We never want to see you again. You really did us dirty, 2020. 2021, you looking good. So far, you feel the same to me, 2021. (laughs) Political controversy, sickness. Yeah. But I'm hopeful. Listen, it's got to, things have got to turn a little bit in 2021. I, uh, yes. From my lips to God's ears. Your lips to God's ears, that's right. So how was your new year? Well, you got two little ones in the house, so it's probably not too crazy. And obviously this year, nobody was going out being too crazy. Well, we had some family over. Oh, nice. So uh, it was a... Yeah. It was a fun time. We had basically food all day, just which was kind of oh, I can our, tell. Our, <laughs> that's kind of our entire uh, break, Christmas and New Year's. Well, and we had a little extra motivation because if you guys didn't listen to our last um, little update episode of What's Coming, we announced that David and I and and two of our friends are officially in a weight loss challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was we were trying to I was trying to pad the stats <laughs> before we weighed in officially because it's a percentage of weight loss. So so the goal was to get as fat as possible. Really blew up on me because I didn't feel great right at the end of the year. So yeah, you had a, a kind of a stinky New Year, right? Yeah, I just you know I wasn't uh, I started to have a little cough so you know of course I went and got tested and thankfully it's not COVID but you know I get this cold every year and but this time it's like kind of taking my appetite a little bit so I still can't taste things and smell things which in case anyone out there's nervous for me <laughs> I thought you just said you can't and I was no. like are you sure about that COVID test <laughs> in fact the other day Aaron made this butter chicken dish and um I tried it and I said to her uh oh, this doesn't really taste like anything and I think because, like, with Indian food, I'm used to it being, like, overwhelmingly, like, pungent flavor, powerful. Right. And this was just something she'd bought at the grocery store, so it wasn't, like, authentic. And she got legit nervous for, like, three seconds. She's like, <laughs> you can't taste anything in that dish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... So I didn't really get to um, uh, take full advantage of the window of uh, fattening up, so to speak. Although, you know, I did that for months leading up to the end of the year, so... Right. Yeah. We're ready to go though. <laughs> well, and any any help I can get in beating you. Yeah. Um so we all weighed in. We weigh in every Monday morning and yep. uh we're gonna do it for four months. Going to May, right? Because of your yeah. Yeah. We wanted to do three months, but three months coincides with one of your with your vacation and you didn't want yeah, to. Yeah, I'm taking a vacation the week before the final weigh in, so I felt like that was a disadvantage. That's yeah. not fair. Oh well. But it'll be great. We're looking forward to a new year. And and kind of in in line with that is the theme of the podcast today. We're talking about goal setting in 2021 and yeah. um, as a leader, as a, as an individual, what does that look like? This is always the time of year to do it. Um, but uh, how do we do it in a way that works? That's effective. Is it just a gimmick or, cause I know there's some people that are like, don't do resolutions. And then there's some people that are really hyped on them. So we're yeah. going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, hopefully I'm a fan of setting goals, whether you call them new year's resolutions or not, doesn't really matter. But I think it's important to say, for me as an individual, I know this year, one of the things that my wife and I have started to have conversation around, even before the new year, is saying, we want to set family goals mm. for 2021. So us as a couple, like, what do we want to, what are some things that we want to see happen? Like another child? 
<laughs> no, <laughs> not family planning. Oh, oh. Um, but family goals. So, so, yeah, so you know, I love that. around finances, what are some financial goals that we have? Mm-hmm. What are some, um, um, goals for our, our regular week? Like, Hey, we want to do a game night once a week and some different things. So, yeah. So I'm a big fan of looking at the new year coming and saying, what are some goals that we want to accomplish at the end of this year? We can look back and say, our life is better. We, we did those things. And so we want to talk a little bit about that, uh, today and hopefully encourage you, inspire you to set some goals that would help change you this year. And, um, um, make you a better person, a better leader at the end of 2021. Yeah, I think to start the conversation off, um, maybe our listeners are already familiar with, but at least as a good reminder, there's um, this idea of SMART goals, right? And it's, um, is that an acronym? What is that? My focus is not 100% as I'm still not feeling 100%, but are those, are those called acronyms? Yeah. Okay. I think. SMART. SMART goals. You're the author, so you I should... Know. Each letter starts for stands for something, but the first one is specific. Um, and so you you gave an example already. A family goal. You want a, a goal. You want to play. You want to have a game night a week, right? That's pretty specific. Like that's different than saying we just want to spend more time together, or just generically we want to play more games together. Yeah. It's like okay, great. But how do you like? What are you actually aiming for? Right. And a lot of times people are like this. I want to get healthy in 2021. Um, I want to spend more time in scripture. Uh, I want to get better at reading and learning about leadership or whatever. That's too vague, right? You need something specific and something that has an actual number attached to it or a very specific qualitative outcome that even though it's not quantitative, it can still be observed and, and, and to get to the second letter of M so it can be measured, right? right? So if you want to do... Um, if you want to do one game night a week, you easily know how to measure that. Um, another thing is an attainable goal. You know, you guys aren't saying we want to do a game every night of the week because that's probably not attainable with your guys' schedule, with all your different responsibilities, with the fact that you guys don't really like each other. You know, it'd be really hard. <laughs> actually, to actually, as you're saying it, I'm kind of like, is once a week attainable? <laughs> I don't know. See, this is already helping you. Yeah, it is. Um, kind of tied in with that is R, which is realistic. Do you know what you're capable of, what you can do? Do you understand that hurdles that you're going to have to overcome? And then the last one is time bound, basically what's your deadline. And so when we set SMART goals, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound, they help us, um, I think, not just, basically it turns a wish into a goal. Even a resolution sometimes is not really a goal. Just like I resolve to be nicer yeah, to people. I hope something, I hope this will happen. Right. And so what's, what is the goal? And then also what is the plan? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's really important. The second part too is um, it's good to, like me and my wife haven't approached that part of it yet. Mm-hmm. It's good to have the conversation about what the goals are because it's kind of like a little dream session. Um, but, you know, anyone who's a, a dreamer knows that if you don't also create the plan and the systems in place and like, and, um, get on the same page with the people that in your, that are in your life. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're, if you're a married couple, um, it's not great for one of the people in the, in the relationship to make a family goal mm-hmm. without having a conversation or agreeing upon it. Right. And, um, so I think that's a big part of it. And the plan is a big part of it. It's like, okay, we want to do this. Well, what's the timeline for that? How soon are we going to start? Maybe we can't start this week. We're going to start in, you know, a month or so. And um, just getting everybody on the same page and, and, and bought in, I think, is is really, really important for, for some of these goals. So I'm interested to hear from you, David. Like, if you had people in your church come to you and say, all right, I want to set some, 
I want to set some goals for myself this year. What do you think are some important goals that are kind of general enough that would apply to, to all of us in a year to say, here's some things that are, that are really healthy and good to shoot for? Yeah. Well, um, I'm actually meeting next week with our, each of our pastors one-on-one to kind of talk through goals. And I've created three categories for them, and, and it would be somewhat similar for uh, anyone, I guess. The first category is discipleship, because we just believe that if you're a follower of Jesus, that your mission is to make disciples. So what is your goal this year for making disciples? Who is God positioned in your life for relationship and to help them move from unbelief to belief in the gospel, whether they are outside of relationship with Jesus or whether they're inside relationship with Jesus? Wh- who is that? What is that going to look like? What's your next step? How often are you going to connect with that person? What resources might you use? So uh, that's one big category, I think, if you're a follower of Jesus. Um, it'd be a mistake if you're a Jesus um, person going into 2021 and set all these goals and not think about that category. Yeah, I love that. I think that's amazing. And I, I, for some people, that may be easy. They may already have some people in mind. But my guess is, especially given COVID, yeah, oh yeah, there's a lot of people who who have not been able to engage in that. And um, and I think it would be helpful to sit down and think through like who are even just even if you start with one right like who's my who's a neighbor who's mm-hmm. a who, who's um, a coworker, or somebody and then like you said think through a plan okay given covid maybe i maybe they're not comfortable to have them over my house once a week but how can i start to begin that that disciple making relationship that friendship whatever it looks like and i think that's a a huge goal because what's cool about that is in a year from now who knows what that's going to look yeah. like you know and part of the plan, not, not to jump too far ahead in the conversation, is like um, you need a system, right? To help, At least I need systems to help me follow through on plans. So like one goal that I've set for myself going into this year, and I actually started last year, but I'm continuing it this year, is to just be to have quality one-on-one time every month with each of my three daughters, right? To go out and get a meal with them, to go out and, and take them to Starbucks and just make sure that like a month doesn't pass by where I'm not like one-on-one with them for like an hour. And what I decided to do, and I think I got this advice from some from a friend, is I've I'm I'm targeting to do it on their the date of their birthday every month, right? So one of my girls was born on the 11th, one was born on the 18th, and one was born on the 19th. And so what I've actually done in my calendar is I've created a reoccurring event. So every 11th it says time with Maddie, every 18th it says time with Caroline. And every 19th, it says time with Lilia. Now, not every time will those days actually be the right time for it necessarily, although that's the goal. But if I don't put it in my calendar, like I know that I'm not going to follow through. I'm going to eventually get so busy and forget. And so if you're saying like, I want to start investing in my neighbor and being a part of his or her life, you may need to do something like that. Actually put something in your calendar that just reminds you, touch base with Jim. And it seems like, I mean, I think we all tend to overestimate our own ability to follow through on the things we want to do. Um, and so it seems maybe too mechanical, um, but it's necessary for most people. Yeah. Um, so anyway, disciple making. Another category that I'll talk with my leaders about next week is just personal development and growth. Um, what's one or two areas of your life where you feel like as a leader, you want to grow? Um, you want to become better at conflict resolution. You want to have a better understanding of New Testament theology. You want to develop your ability on the drums. You know, whatever it is. Yes, yes, and yes. Yeah. There Those are all three of my goals. Well, this has been very helpful for you so <laughs> far. Um, and so just 
personal growth. Um, and, and tagged onto that could be, I, I want to get back to what you talked about, family goals, because I think that's such a great concept. Uh, and then the last thing I'll talk to them about is just goals specific to their ministry responsibilities. So if you don't serve in a local church, this would be, um, what are some of your work related goals. Some of the things that God's given you to do. This could be work, this could be hobbies, but what are some of the areas in which you want to improve? And maybe you're in a position at work where you want to set a goal of, um, you know, being the best salesperson, you know, for the month of January or um, being considered for this promotion that's going to come up this summer, you know, right. uh, whatever that is. But I think it's good to have that sort of clarity. It gives us something to aim for and it, and it kind of it provides a source of motivation for us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And that's a helpful way to break, to break those down, those three, those three categories. Um, so returning to the family goals yeah. aspect, um, I'm interested to hear your perspective on that. Like, I know those three categories don't necessarily <laughs> apply when you're talking family mm-hmm. goals. Um, well, I mean, so for us, like, <coughs> sorry. One of the things that um, I'm really determined to get better at in our home is just a regular devotional time, right? So we started that. We really were pretty good with it during Advent. We would read an Advent devotional every morning. Um, But I just ordered yesterday the Bob Goff 365-day devotional, and I think it would be the right type of devotional for our kids my 12-year-old and my 9-year-old especially. Our 6-year-old is different. You know, she's not going to be as interested. But I just, like, I th- you know, I tend to think in terms of, like, you know, in six years, my 12-year-old is going to be 18 and headed out of the house potentially. And what do I want to invest into her over the next six years and Caroline over the next nine years and Maddie over the next 12 years? And what is it going to take for me to look back and say, I did it, you know? Um, and so I think part of setting goals too, is thinking beyond the next year sometimes. Right. And even just thinking like, what do I need to do this year so that my wife still wants to be married to me in 10 years, you know? Right. And so losing weight. I mean, that's, that's the whole motivation for your, that is a big, that is a big, (laughs) no, she loves me the way I am. She She loves you. Yes. She tells me that. Yes. Um, she probably shouldn't tell me that. (laughs) Um, so, uh, you know, when I think in terms of family goals, I guess I tend to think in terms of spiritual development and creating a disciple-making environment in my own house, but it doesn't have to be that spiritual, so to speak, either. Like, I love your goal of, like, one night a week we're going to have a family game night because the truth is, is, like, you know, two weeks can blow by and you don't play a single game with your kids because everybody's pretty happy on their devices, you know? Right. And, you know, I've had those evenings where I look around the room and I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're all just buried, but... I'm enjoying myself too much to do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're that way too, and and I'm similar to you. Like when I think about our some of our family goals, we've got we've got some financial goals, mm. and some of those involve time together. Like, okay, we want to be able to do a vacation together. Yeah. So, what does that mean for us financially? Well, we've got a plan for that. We've got to create a goal for that, and then create the strategy or the system or the plan to make that happen. Um, but then. The other the other bucket is kind of like time together. So how mm-hmm. do we how do we become better as a family? And um, and we we don't have a great habit of eating together mm. meals. So dinner is kind of like if you if you came to my house, you'd see we have like an island in the kitchen, and we kind of like eat at the island. But some people may be sitting somewhere else, and it's just 
it just hasn't really mattered too much to us. Sure. So trying to say, all right, well, why don't we try to, you know, a couple times a week really make an effort to know we're all going to go into the dining room table together, sit down. No uh, devices. No, Yeah, no devices, of course, yeah. none of that stuff, but we're just going to eat together, you know. And then the, the game night is also a part of that because when we play games together, we have a blast. It's like this whole other side of your family. Um, so so that's the kind of the family time together. <coughs> But the other piece is, like you said, the spiritual stuff, which is, for me, it's trying to, and, and we do try to do this, but getting into the habit of, like, we want to read our Bible every night before bed mm. um, to to the kids. And we re, we use the Jesus Storybook Bible. And um, and so, and then same line, I love what you said about, and I think this is especially unique to kids if you have children, um, your goals have to be thinking 10 years out, depending on how old your kids are. Yeah. Because it sounds crazy, but. If you wait till she's 17, it's too late. <laughs> I found myself even, I woke up early this morning and um, I don't know why this came to my mind, but I found myself already just praying for my daughter's future relationships, you know, praying for the the men who will someday, you know, love them and want to marry them. How dare they? I know. I know. I got a little nauseous just thinking about <laughs> I it. I got nauseous too. <laughs> but, you know, um, just to piggyback on the idea of like, Life is coming, you know, whether we like it or not. And so part of goal setting is taking some level of control and ownership over that journey of saying like, okay, if this is coming, if my daughters are headed towards high school and puberty and difficult relationships and challenging emotions, then what are the things that I can begin to, Aaron and I can begin to instill in them now from a character standpoint from a um, gospel fluency standpoint you know that may help them endure those inevitable moments right and I think a lack of goal setting or at least thoughtful conversation around what we're doing with our time as a family can you I think we would look back five six years from now and be like ah you know I wish I had just been a little more intentional when they were younger about X, Y, and Z. So if you're listening, I think a lot of our listeners probably have younger children uh, or they're our age in life. And uh, just start thinking now about what you can be doing. Regu- and it doesn't have to be, again, remember, attainable and reasonable or uh, reachable or whatever they are was. Um, it doesn't have to be insane. Like it could just be like we're going to pray together before bedtime every night, whatever it is. Right. You know, we're going to pray before we drop. You know, I always pray as I drop the girls off at school. You know, uh, stuff like that. So Yeah. And you talk about this. I've heard you mention this many times is if you're doing nothing, don't do not jump to like we're not doing anything, but now we're going to do it seven days a week. Right. It's like, that's that may happen for the first two days, but it's not sustainable. So um, the the hope is every year we're getting better and we're building and we're growing. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, so set set something that's realistic and attainable. And the last thing I would say about the family goal stuff is try to include your children into it. Hmm. Like wh- one of the things that we asked our kids is to, for them to think about what's a goal each one of them has for themselves. Um, and and they'll probably be stupid, I'm sure, but <laughs> nevertheless, it gets them thinking in the mindset of growth and right. becoming a better person and working towards <coughs> something that they're not now. And I think that's a win. You know? Yeah, I like that. So, so, all right, well, here's the big question then. Give us, I mean, I know you've kind of threw out a couple of years, but as you think for 2021 for you, David Hurtwick, 
what are some of your big goals? And then I'm going to write them down and I'm going to hold you accountable. <laughs> and every podcast, I'm going to say, how are you doing? And then you're going to be like, I'm crushing it. Sounds exciting. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your goals, 2021? I think, um, you know, to be honest, um, some of these I still have to um, formulate them into being a little more specific and measurable. They're still a little bit like, here's some things I know I want to see in myself. And now, and maybe you can help me even as we talk, I want to think through some ways that we can actually like measure it. Um, but I think for me in 2021, um, one of the things that I, I really, really want to grow at is just listening um, and being a better question asker. And, and, and not just a better question asker, but but defaulting to questions instead of always defaulting to my answer or my thought or my observations or uh, I think as a natural leader and natural teacher, um, when someone comes to me with something, I don't ask nearly enough questions. I'm, I'm not good at diagnosing stuff because all I have to do is get one glimpse at it. And I'm pretty sure, with the exception of really complex problems, but many times I feel like, oh, I've seen this before. I know what this is. And I think um, maybe one of my, maybe one of my, if I, if I was trying to make it measurable, Maybe one of the things I should say is that when I'm talking to somebody, people about issues, uh, maybe I'm talking to a leader in our church about a challenge they're facing in their ministry, or maybe I'm talking with somebody who's struggling in a specific area of their lives, before I suggest a single thing, maybe my goal is I have to ask at least three to five questions. I would would bump it up to 30 questions. (laughs) Let's make this fun. Can you imagine the challenge? Why would you suggest that? (laughs) That's one. Uh, I don't know. You remember, you, you ever watch um, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah. You remember the game Questions Only? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't love a game. I thought it was never that funny. Right. But the concept or the idea is funny. It is hard to like just keep asking questions. But sometimes the best questions are just tell me more about that, yeah. which I guess is a statement. But Well, what makes me scared about what you just said is that you're a better question asker than I am. <laughs> so if that's if that's something that you're – needing to work on you really opened up my eyes to myself yeah but you're better at gathering consensus and like you want to know more what people like you like to hear everything everyone has to say not everyone but everyone that you probably think has something of value to say like you don't like making decisions on your own Um, true and I don't mind doing that I mean uh, you know if I'm very unsure about a situation like 2020 which was like you just felt like you kept navigating things that were right. unprecedented and the rules were changing. I wanted as much outside and inter- in, internal and external input as I could get. Yeah. Um, but um, but I think I have to learn to be more curious about people and things. And so that's probably one of my goals. Yeah, that's a great goal. Although it is interesting, as you were saying, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking – Man, how do you? Because it's a it's a phenomenal goal, but you're right; it is kind of hard to to measure it w- without yeah. putting like a like you said like a like a one question. Well, I'll know when I didn't do it. You know what I mean? Like it's right. one of those things where afterwards you know if you did or you didn't. Right. So in that way, I guess it's measurable. But it it just like I think if it's something that I keep in front of me regularly and even remind myself when I go into meetings, um, is just to say, all right, before. I offer anything. 
I got to, you know, there's this whole, I forget which car company it was, if it's Toyota or Dodge or somebody that like created this whole system of diagnosis, diagnosing issues, which is based on like eight or nine questions. Mm. Basically, they don't try to solve anything until they've asked at least nine questions beneath it. So once they get an answer, then they ask a question right. about that answer and then a question about that answer. And that's what's actually proven to help them be effective in diagnosing what the issue actually is. And so I think... Um, as we head into 2021, where I think in some ways, we'll talk about this in our next episode, I think in some ways things are becoming clearer, but in some ways that clarity is still, what's between us and that clarity is still really hard. And um, it's going to require me, I think, to not assume that I know, you know, it's easy now that we've gotten through some things, and obviously we're still in the midst of a lot of it, but it'll be easy for pastors once things normalize, prayerfully they normalize, to just say, let's just do what we always did. And I think that's why I'm feeling the need to say, no, I need to like slow down and ask better questions so that we don't just go back to what we had because it was comfortable and it worked pre-COVID, yeah. but that rather we say, how has the world changed? Um, how has our church changed? How has our leadership changed? And how are we going to stay faithful to our mission of making disciples, but do it in a way that is creative, thoughtful, innovative, and ultimately effective? Mm, yeah. I like that. And I was thinking one one way that may be helpful in measuring a goal like yours, and it may be similar to the goal like mine that I'm going to share in a second, is um, I feel like your spouse could be a big asset to that because that's one person you could regularly check in and say, do you feel like I'm doing this more in our relationship? Because hopefully that's the person that you're talking to quite a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, so that may be helpful to, for you to even ask Aaron kind of regularly, like, do I feel like I'm asking more or, sure. you know? Yeah, or if you, like, so when I meet with the board, um, you know, and our past our pastoral staff is usually in, they audit our board meetings, um, you know, even asking one of them to just kind of, like, going into the meeting, say, hey, I want you just to pay attention to how I do with asking follow-up questions. Right, yeah. as soon as you finish your board meeting. So how do I do, guys? Let's go around the table. Everyone rank me, <laughs> 1 to 10. Yeah, well, so, m- so my goal is kind of similar to yours in that it feels a little hard to measure, and um, it's the idea that, you know, this past year for me, like like a lot of people, um, there's been, you know, there's been a lot of stress for different reasons. And I tend to, I tend to, um, I tend to view my identity through, uh, sometimes through work, you know, I can attach it to, to that stuff. And, and of course, COVID has a potential impact, has had an impact on a lot of people's work, including mine, because um, we do a lot of events and things like that. So. For me, like this year, I want to have contentment in um, in my gospel identity over over all of the things, you know, especially especially my work and what I do. So, trying to figure out like how do I create more contentment in my identity in the gospel than I do my identity in what I produce for people, or or ultimately for me, it's probably what I think people think about me. You know, so really it's for me, it's ultimately the approval idol. That's how my work gives me value is because I think people will like me more, or think highly of me. So so that's kind of like a big pie in the sky. Yeah. One, you know, so maybe you can help me. Well, I mean, you probably have identified some of the emotional and behavioral um, rhythms you get into when this isn't going right. Right. Yeah. I I tend to work more and spend less time with Jesus. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, that's measurable. You know, I mean, I guess that, right. that's measurable is the amount of time that you're spending um, in, in, you know, just with Jesus versus doing things for Jesus. Um, you know, you may need to invite people who are close to you, who work with you right here in this office to just, you know, you may be able to help, you may be able to share with them, like, here's some of the indicators that I'm struggling with connecting my value and worth with the work that we're doing, you know, and, and then giving them the permission to kind of call you on that and to kind of say yeah. to you, like, hey, I, I'm, I see, like, you said this is what happens. I see it happening, and I just want to. So, but, I mean, yeah, that's that's such a heart issue and um, such a sort of, like, r- profound battle that we all struggle with. I think it is hard to measure. Maybe some of that is even just going to be f- your ability to follow through on some of your other goals because maybe some of the other goals that you're setting, like family time, those would be the first to suffer if this wasn't going well, you know? Right. So maybe one of the ways that you'll know that you're doing better with this is that you are able to follow through on some of the other family time goals that you've set as far as meals together, as far as game night together. So I don't know. I mean, that is a, that is a pretty tough one to measure. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Great. I got, I really need to work on some smaller, um, some smaller goals that help attain the bigger goal. Yeah. Yeah, so you know. like, so maybe one of your smaller goals is specific to exactly how much time you spend every day right. in devotions, and then when that begins to suffer, it becomes an indicator that that's that is uh, that is symptomatic of a bigger issue, right? right. Yeah, um, and so you know that could be part of it. I mean, I think to go back, not just to go back to mine in terms of thinking of measurable things too, is like I I could put in my calendar just the idea of like, um, uh, you know, a listening conversation every month where every month. I sort of force myself into um, a conversation with somebody in my world where my only goal is to listen and understand, you know? And so every month I have to have one of those. I'd, so, I'd love for that person to be me. Well, I do this. And, and I, I know you're not allowed to talk back to me. All, I, <laughs> all you do is you have to listen. All I do on this podcast is listen and understand. <laughs> <laughs> this actually, if you accomplish this goal, it's going to really make you a better interviewer on podcasts. That's true. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. I've been carrying the weight for far too long. <laughs> That's very true. But you get all your identity out of being a good interviewer. So Yeah. No, you're we gonna help each other. You're probably a better you're definitely a better <laughs> question asker than I am. So um, you know, more specific goals like I'm I'm thinking through like what are my goals this year for my reading? Like I like to think about what I read every year. You know, how many books a month am I gonna read? What type of books? I always start the year by reading historical nonfiction books, which is what I'm doing right now. I just read a book on Harry Truman and I'm about to read a book on Churchill. Like so those are some goals I set for myself too. And then, and then, you know, obviously we're both in this four-month weight loss thing too. So I have a very specific goal um, as it relates to just my health in 2021. So, um, and then even just thinking of the things we're responsible for. Like, normally I go into a year setting a goal for church as far as, like, things we want to see happen. Or how many, even, like, um, I'm not huge on, like, measuring success by numbers, but I I. I do typically go in the year and say, like, this is this is how many people I love to see gather on Easter Sunday at Trinity. Yeah. Just because it kind of gives me this thing of, like, and, and obviously COVID <laughs> wiped out Easter last year. Mm-hmm. And who knows what it will be like this year. So that's what makes it hard in some ways. And we'll, I know I think that's what our next episode is about. It's a little hard to look at 2021 and say what's going to look like in the local church and how are we going to measure it. 
but I still think I need to wrestle down. And we're only what we're we're six days into the year, so I don't feel terrible about not having that all locked <laughs> down. And by the time our listeners are listening to it, they'll be almost halfway through the month. But it's not too late. You know, go out, set some goals, yeah. and think of ways that you want to grow. Yeah. Well, everybody, we want to get to our uh, our final portion, your favorite portion, a little thing we do called David's Eats, where we not only help you be better leaders but better eaters. Uh, so, David, I know you uh, you kind of had a bummy New Year's. You weren't eating you weren't eating what you wanted to because you didn't feel well. So, I want to hear in your ideal New Year's Eve celebration, what are you eating? Well, th- I did <coughs> I did um, get a. F- um, something that I really was craving, and I really was craving. I don't know if we've talked about this or not, but I really was craving a big bowl of pho, which is this Viennese noodle soup, and um, I think the broth just felt calming for my little belly. Um, but um, the one thing I'll say about pho is that I've had a change in my favorite because pho is a is a broth. It comes with noodles, and then you can put different meats in it, and they put like basil, Thai basil in it, and and um, jalapenos and bean sprouts and chopped up green uh, onions sorry not olives um but you can put different meats in it and a lot of times it's like rare beef the beef is rare but then they put it in the hot broth and it cooks a little bit they do these little meatball things too beef shank but my thing now is tendons and i I used to not like tendons because they're very gelatinous the texture is very like it's definitely not something everybody will love but oh my goodness i crushed a bowl and I did like triple tendon meat. <laughs> really? And it's supposed to be really good for you. All that gelatinous stuff in the tendons yeah. is supposed to be good for I don't know, it's the collagen or something. But anyway, my mouth is watering right now. Well, just thinking about it. I, I so know I did have that around New Year's Eve. I normally don't offer my perspective on this, but in line with the the weird foods that we love, my favorite breakfast meat is called Scrapple, and we got it this year. Did you? And we had it New Year's New Year's morning. Was it everything you thought it would be? Oh man, I made it for my whole family. They never had it. Did and, you make uh, it? Make it or did you buy no, it? No, we bought we oh. bought it, but then you got to slice it up and you yeah. do some oil in a pan and griddle it. Sear and, it off. Oh man, it's scrapples like all the leftover parts of a pig, basically. Right. Right. Yeah, a lot of the organs and stuff like that that would yeah. not typically be used. That they, they grind them up, put spices, and I think like um. I don't know if it's cornmeal or something they add to kind of hold it together. Yeah. And um, I love it. I've, I've, ha- I've had it. I think it's like the perfect breakfast meat, in my opinion. I've but had it. I think it's got to be really crispy for me to love. Yes. It's got to be crispy on the outside and then a little mushy on the inside. <laughs> if you haven't tried Scrapple or Pho, go. go uh, Not together, though. <laughs> go to your local. <laughs> don't get Scrapple Pho. Yeah. Go to your local <laughs> ethnic store and find it. Hey, everybody. This is the Multiply Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next time.